You're listening to TFM. Want to join in the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners' discussion group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. Hello and welcome to TFM's local watering hole. I'm just so excited to be back and with me this week is intergalactic superhero Christy Morris. Christy, how are you doing today? What is up? I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, And speaking of, thanks for bringing up intergalactic being part of this movie. Shout out to the Beastie Boys. You're welcome. You're welcome. You see what I did there? That's right. Yeah. Uh, Well, we are going to be talking about the Marvels, the latest film in the MCU that just hit theaters. Before we get there, of course, hey, thank you as always so much for listening. Uh, Of course, you can find us uh, wherever podcasts can be got or had or whatever it is that uh, you do with podcasts. Of course, you can find us there. Uh, Please subscribe uh, and you'll get the shows as soon as they drop. Uh, Another thing you could do uh, to help us out, we would really appreciate is by giving us a star rating and a review, a written review on a place like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Those things really help the show grow, help people find the show. Of course, is the best way, you know, to get podcasts to grow is just to share them with friends and family. And uh, you can also do that on social media. And to do that on social media, you just want to follow us on Twitter at the 602 Club. We're on Instagram at the 602 Club TFM. Of course, we're on Facebook with the entire network. Facebook at facebook.com slash track FM. There's a listeners only discussion group there as well on Facebook called the Babel Conference. You can join. Just type Babel into the search field there on Facebook and you can find us. Of course, you can find us online at trek.fm and see all the shows that are happening here on the network. And you can go over to Patreon at patreon.com slash trek.fm and make sure that everything we're doing here can keep coming to you each and every week. Uh, It's a big process to put all of this together. Um, We could use your help. So again, that's patreon.com slash trek.fm. So, Christy, it feels like forever since we talked about the original Captain Marvel um, that came out, I think, uh, in Phase 3 of the MCU as we were gearing up towards the final uh, end of the Infinity Saga. And so, uh, as we were, you know, coming into this film... The Marvels, which was going to combine a few different characters here of Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, and uh, Captain Rambo. I was just kind of wondering, were you excited about this movie coming into it? You know, having seen the trailers, I'm guessing, were you looking forward to it? How are you feeling coming into uh, this next installment in the MCU? I was a little trepidatious about this one just because of the sheer amount of things that had to come together to make one cohesive story. Um, And we'll get to later whether or not we think they did it successfully or not. But um, I did at least, you know, watch all of the source material that they put into then making this happen with um, WandaVision 
um, and then also Miss Marvel, of course, which we talked about on here, and um, was obviously interested to see more about these characters and see how they came together, but just a little unsure of whether or not it would work. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think in some ways I felt the same way. Um, you know, the I, you know, enjoyed Miss Marvel. I thought it was a, a really good show, uh, especially as the Disney Plus shows have gone for the MCU. It was one of the better ones. It was a real surprise for me. Uh, you know, I, I think um, Iman Vellani, who played uh, Kamala Khan, uh, obviously, too, was somebody who really stuck out to us in, in her portrayal of Miss Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that was all exciting. Um, I thought the thought, I thought the idea of, you know, being able to have Brie Larson back and hopefully, you know, t- kind of give her a more maybe expanded range, uh, you know, as this character kind of let her be almost like a real human being instead of kind of this stoic, almost like emotionless thing that she was in the first movie would be great. Um, you know, I we talked about WandaVision, of course, I did not like that series at all. I'm not really familiar with the character that Monica Rambo was playing uh, at the, the, um, you know, I, I don't even, she doesn't even have a code name in this, in this movie, mm-hmm. um, cause she doesn't want one. And so, um, the, the whole idea of bringing the, all of them together, right, you know, it, it was, it was a fine idea, you know, it could be really fun, but like you, um, I, I found myself just kind of definitely trepidatious, especially seeing, um, the, previews i think the previews kind of made this movie feel quite silly and they even talked about you know this being one of the funniest marvel superhero movies and so i was a little bit worried going into that um and so yeah i'm in many ways i think pretty much on the same page as you coming into this one and you know it hasn't been a great run uh going into phase five now uh, films and so you know but at the same time it's like oh gosh I just want this to be good because you know uh it's it's getting harder to be excited about many of these marvel projects and so um you talked about this idea of like kind of like okay we have a lot to bring together mm-hmm. um and so if, i thought a kind of a great place to start and then allow us to then kind of dive into a bunch of other things um, would be just with the plot of this film. And the whole plot is predicated on a decision that Carol Danvers had made quite soon after she had become Captain Marvel and fought the Supreme Intelligence, uh, and it, which led her to go to the Kree homeworld of Hala and just destroy the Supreme Intelligence there that then led to a civil war that completely decimated their planet. And so the whole basis of this story is this Cree leader, Darben, has unified the Cree people under her um, and is looking to harness the power of a quantum band that she finds. We find out that's what Kamala Khan's band is called. Mm-hmm. She finds her it's it's equal. Um and 
in a lot of ways, it turns into the plot from Spaceballs, <laughs> uh, where Planet Spaceballs is trying to steal the air from Druidia, um, but they're stealing the air from a planet, the water from another planet, and then they're trying to steal our sun. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they're trying to hurt three different worlds that Carol Danvers has called home. So it's it's a revenge plot. But it's also a plot about um, survival. Exactly. <laughs> and of course, um, we have this uh, entanglement of the powers of Carol Danvers, Kamala Khan, and Monica Rambo through an anomaly that gets created when Darbend uses the quantum band for the first time and opens a new tear and a jump point um and so that's what kind of brings all these characters together so just as to the plot of the film and just kind of how this brings everyone together um did that all work for you is this something that kept your interest you know as we're watching this movie and i should say too this is one of the absolute shortest marvel movies there is i think it's an hour 45 Mm -hmm. um so it this movie you know kind of moves at a breakneck speed so i think for sure it was possibly going to be complicated with not only the source material being made into film but then also having three leads technically that you're constantly rotating back and forth between um but i think that overall the story was interesting um, not necessarily that it was executed as well as they hoped, but I think also it's just because there's the vast amount of things that they're trying to cram into this movie. Um, I think that it is a great idea that they had Carol then dealing with the fallout of her decision, you know, and sort of um, a reminder that in real life, you can't just go in and destroy something for an entire planet or country or whatever, you know, that um, and then leave them defenseless or without a leader. Um, Anytime that happens, obviously, it's possible that it's going to lead to civil war because they have to have some kind of leader to take control again and, um, you know, run things. Um, So without the Supreme Intelligence, it was like who was going to step forward? They didn't know. So in that sense, you can't really blame the Kree for being upset because she took the only thing they had to guide them. And then it led to all of these other environmental issues that caused them to have to look for other resources. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most interesting parts about this, as you mentioned, is Carol's uh, dealing with the ramifications of her rash actions without actually thinking through uh, you know, like you mentioned, um, those ramifications mm-hmm. and the the whole idea of and, and, and it was interesting. I could totally see somebody's um, thought process on, you know, intervention in the Middle East. Right. Uh, you know, um, but the idea of, you know, OK, so if you take away the leadership or, or of something like the Supreme Intelligence, which is also 
for many, you know, Cree, a kind of religious uh, artifact for them as well, something they basically worship. Uh, you know, you're creating a religious civil war, a civil war in general between people because, you know, um, the loss of that becomes a, a vacuum that you then have to fill with something. Mm-hmm. And Carol doesn't try to do that, you know, and she doesn't even try to explain to the people as to why, you know, it, she just acts mm-hmm. unilaterally. And so I 100% agree. I think that's a, to me, that's actually a really fascinating idea, you know, that, that the movie is uh, built upon the mistake of a hero mm-hmm. and their, their goal to try and rectify that mistake. So I think all that was great. And, and of course, you know, it allows then to kind of uh, have the characters be brought together, um, you know, with this idea of the quantum band and there being two of them and, you know, that she's looking for the second quantum band so she can hopefully, you know, have enough power to make all the things she needs to happen. Um, and, you know, we learn about the creation of the jump points throughout space with these quantum bands and all this type of stuff so i mean there's a lot of really interesting stuff in here um and so i I think it 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 was hysterical to me when i realized though the plot was very similar to space balls um and uh i i i'm you know as we're talking though about the plot and everything here do you does this does this i guess what i'm trying to ask is is this movie long enough to try and really give i i guess enough weight to some of the storylines that are that are here um especially i think maybe you know allowing us to dig in deeper with Carol and the ramifications that have happened for her um, and all of that. Plus maybe I I guess I'm, I'm coming down on it. It feels like there needed to be maybe 10 more minutes to this movie just so we could have some more time with Carol Danvers and even maybe the, the villain and to, to be able to give them even more to work with. Mm Mm-hmm for this story. Oh, I definitely think so. I I, I will say for sure, I wanted more background between Carol and Monica about Carol leaving and Monica Rambo thinking she would be back any day now and then just never returned. Um, I think we're just scratching the surface with everything that they needed to talk about. Um, And especially in the scene where they're wearing the headbands and exploring memories I thought was so good but still we just needed more background on that or more time between just the two of them to sort things out because I do feel like we leave that hanging in the air Um, and more time with the villain to see her motivation for becoming the new leader we get the background on why there was a vacuum and what they're doing now to fix things that are wrong with their planet, but not why Darben specifically is the one to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think all of those are, are great points and definitely places that I thought of as well. 
And so just, you know, completely agree with your assessment of the things that I think needed more time. And again, I, I don't think that it needed to be, you know, this needed to be a two hour and 45 minute movie or something. Right. I think, again, this movie could have been like 150 uh, running length, 155, and maybe even just straight up two hours. And and I think you would have just allowed some of these uh, storylines to be able to breathe more. And, and specifically, I think, and I'll call out, I think the absolute highlight of this film and the best part about this film, I think, is just this team of, you know, Danvers, Rambo, and Khan. All three of them, when they're together, and when they're just, you know, kind of learning to work together, when they're learning to um, kind of work through things with one another... Um, you know, specifically like you mentioned with Carol and Monica and their relationship, but even, you know, the, the way in which, you know, Kamala is kind of like in, in many ways, like the Spider-Man character Mm -hmm. in Infinity War where, you know, he's thrown into space and like, he's just totally out of his element. Right. And, and, and so she is. And, and so I think just all of their interactions and and their relationships that they're building was wonderful. I think it also was great because it really allowed them to be, I think, authentically women mm-hmm. in the movie um, and just be very real, which was great, I thought, uh, in their interactions um, and just the way that they were, you know, n- nobody here was forced to be stronger than they needed to be or tougher than they needed to be like they they, there was real emotion happening like i think all of that was just so great and and so to me like i loved kind of watching this movie when it was just the three of them on a journey together and it's almost like if the movie wasn't longer, I wish the movie had been reformatted so a majority of the movie was really just about this road trip, this, you know, space trip right. with these three characters and everything else being completely tangential to that. I definitely agree with that. I think the three of them on screen bounce off each other so well. I think that it was the most fun seeing them figure out how their powers relate to each other and how they're also all kind of different forms of bending and using light was cool. Um, And also, I really loved the angle that you mentioned of Kamala being excited to be a superhero, but not realizing all of the responsibility that comes with it. And so experiencing serious decisions for the first time that other superheroes have to deal with in the MCU, Mm -hmm. Um, experiencing loss of Monica Rambeau, um, but also in a good way, the selflessness that heroes give in order to save the greater number of people um, by giving their life. So, You know, I think that she is leaving the ship at the end as a completely different person because she now realizes the weight of what's really involved in being a superhero and being an Avenger. It's not just having fun doing awesome stuff. 
Yeah. No, I mean, I it's it's so well said, and and I think you know again this allows in a in a way that she hasn't gotten the chance to before. I think you know we we really get a chance to see who Carol Danvers is is a, as a character, right? Like as she's working through the trauma of having made this decision and having had it go kind of horribly wrong and the way that that's impacted her relationships specifically with Monica. Um, and you know, of course, and I think one of the things like, again, the movie had been a little bit longer. You would have also been able to see the, the heartache that, you know, Carol would have felt when, you know, Monica had been lost in the blip, right? Mm -hmm. Like, one of the the biggest people in her life is gone. You know, Fury was as well, but, you know, nobody meant more to her than the Rambos. And so Mm -hmm. to have lost her in that way, I think would have been, it just would have been nice to have seen some of that too. So yeah, I mean, I think, again, though, this, this movie has a really great center to it. And it's these three characters and their interactions together, which are incredibly fun to watch. Um, and you know, um, it's, it's the thing where as you're watching it, you're just like, man, I just want more of this. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of want a whole movie of just this. And in some ways I feel like, I I think some of the other storylines get in the way and, and I feel like specifically the fury storyline with the, with the Khan's family, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, and, you know, the whole idea of, like, having to hurt cats and, and, and you know, needing to save all the people, you know, because the, the power has gone out on the saber station and the best way to save them is to herd them with a bunch of flurkin. And it's just like, in some ways, I just feel like a lot of that storyline kind of pulls away from the main storyline and i feel like you could have um even just shortened that storyline and 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 given less time to it um and just allowed us to have and still done the same thing Mm -hmm. but and and just given us more time for i think the the heart of the story which is these three women learning to work together but also learning from one another you know what it means to be a hero, um, the, the the different ramifications of, of what it means to be a hero, the good and the bad, you know, all of that, I just think they, they could have done a, a better job with. And you're right in saying more focus on some other areas that had a deeper character development angle, rather than the silliness, I think would have been a great asset here. I think that the creators probably thought the Flurkin was such a strike gold character that it needed to be included even more. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it's cute. And the cat that they have playing it is cute, but it's not central to the story. It's not really necessary. And so giving it that much focus, I think, is a tonal inconsistency with the rest of the tone of the movie. And also... Uh, taking you off on a wild goose chase that isn't necessary to the story. I felt like the same thing 
and I don't know if you'll agree, but with uh, the singing yes. planet that they go to. Uh, <laughs> and, it, you know, that was just one of those things where it's like it's so overly silly that it was hard to take seriously in any way. And so, therefore, I didn't really care about the planet. And I, honestly, the idea that, you know, one of the things that Captain Marvel has had to do in her time out in space is like help a prince out by getting married is that's that's funny, but I don't need it to be even quote unquote funnier. Mm-hmm. And I put that in air quotes funnier by having this planet be one where they just sing and dance as communication like I, that. That was just it's like you're kind of doing the. Taika Watiti Thor thing where you're just taking things to the nth degree and you just kind of lose me. Um, and again, by having to create these song and dance numbers uh, there, you're just kind of taking away, I think, more important places um, that you could be shepherding the story and really building into the most important parts of the story. Oh, absolutely. That was the same way I felt. I think that it like I was saying earlier, it just with the tone overall of the movie being more heartfelt and sometimes serious and really focusing on individual character development and trying to keep it down to a few core people is so much more of a strength than something like this that just doesn't fit with the rest of the movie. It's like you're watching a completely different movie for a couple minutes and then got back to the real story. Um, and so it's not that it's not a cool scene, but it's the wrong movie for it. Um, and doesn't really make you care more about Carol or take an interest in this planet. Um, which is sad because it, it looks really cool design wise. Um, I love the costumes, but it's completely different. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think it's interesting too. I just have to say, for a movie that has three female leads and is all about empowerment, um, that they have Carol marry a man out of convenience, like we're in the olden days of arranged marriages or something. I, that just really struck me as it seems like we're going backwards from what the movie was trying to promote if that's the case. So I didn't love that either. Yeah. That was kind of an odd thing to me as well. Um, it did, it did seem like a strange choice. Uh, cause like she straight up says it's for diplomacy. <laughs> like there's no romance. I just did it because he needed a wife. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I guess the idea that she's willing to help a brother out, you know, okay. Um, but you know, I I don't know. Uh, it it was it was kind it's of it's an strange. odd choice. Um, what did you think of our villain? Because I th- almost feel like, as we've talked about, that this is another place where she is so bare bones as a villain. There just needs to be more time in the film or something in the writing 
to help us really connect with them as i mean to me this feels like one of the biggest you know problems with much of the mcu which is when the films just kind of have these throwaway villains Mm -hmm. i mean it is it like we were talking about earlier she as a person is not really explored as to why she's so upset and why she was motivated enough to become the next leader of the Cree, it feels like it could have been anyone from their planet because they all would be upset. Um, and that it's more the artifacts like the band and the hammer that do the damage to the universe than anything to do with her specifically wielding them. And then she dies. So I think that you don't get enough information about her as a character to care. And then she dies. So it does feel like she's just kind of weak. Yes. Well, and and the thing that I didn't really understand, and they didn't build into her as a character enough, uh, so you understand why she doesn't just take Carol Danvers' offer why she you know still tries to go through with oh right you know murdering everyone Mm -hmm. um and why she continues with her vengeance and part of that is because it again it does feel so truncated as a story for the villain and just everything that happened with the kree the supreme intelligence and and carol because we only see it happen in a quick flashback that it just doesn't, I think, give us the weight that we need to really feel why then, you know, I I thought it was like, okay, for a second that the villain, you know, Darben's going to choose the, the, the offer that Carol gives that, hey, I'll come restart your son, you know, and so you don't have to do this. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. We're going to get this reconciliation. And then, no, she just tries to go, you know, homicidal maniac, super villain. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to try and kill, you know, your world by stealing its son. And yeah, it just it, it just felt like, oh, we we need this character to basically die uh, so we can have her quantum bands. I, I, I don't know. Um, and I just don't care about the, her then in the end as a villain where it would have been more interesting for the villain to make the choice to let go of her revenge um and you know make a different choice mm-hmm. um because that would have created a character then that you could have maybe seen in the future you know and so right like we get this very brief interaction with her and then she's just gone forever so <laughs> it's like so was she ever really relevant but yeah i uh, i also just wanted to say i didn't love the actress zawe ashton I've never seen her in anything before, but there were just times with her performance that I felt that she was unsure of what she was saying or something like that. It it looks like she was questioning it in her mind before she said it or that she was uncomfortable with the dialogue or something. But she just had this odd expression sometimes that felt like I was anticipating more words to come out of her mouth or that she had a question or something. And it made me feel like she was never really getting through everything 
with the delivery the way I would have liked it. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. And I, I honestly do agree with that. I, I feel like there was um, it, there was just something that she just was not, unfortunately, as compelling as she needed to be. And part of that could have been the writing. Part of that could be performance. When it comes to performance, mostly I put that on the director because you're there to get the performances out of people. Yeah. And I just don't think it worked. The other thing about this that really kind of bothered me is the f- film. There were these weird inconsistencies with the rest of the MCU that I didn't understand. You know, so in Secret Invasion, it made it seem like that the only place that the scrolls were were on Earth because they had been unable to find any suitable world. They even say that. And yet there's been a colony of them. In space this whole time? What? Mm-hmm. And then Amir, who is Kamala's brother, was married in Miss Marvel, and yet he spends this entire time with his parents, and she's nowhere to be seen. So, like, these... It's like, guys, do you not know your own MCU? Right, like they should have gone back and rewatched the shows to make sure it was consistent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm so glad you brought up the secret invasion point because I had the exact same thought with the minute that they go to the scrolls on this other planet. I was going, wait, 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 wait. Where did these scrolls come from? Because we had the last of the scrolls on Earth. You're exactly right. And it doesn't make any sense because that timeline wise is supposed to have happened before we get here. So somebody needs to do some explaining or apologize because they messed up feige you got some splaining uh-huh. to do um but yeah I, I like that you brought up about um amir's wife as well because it is odd he's always hanging out with his parents and i guess they're just trying to make the point of like their family unit is really close or something and we just don't get very many shots of them in the movie at all so they're trying to show that you know they regularly have meals together or, you know, hang out in the living room, I guess. But it does feel a little weird that, you know, he even mentions his wife briefly when they're in space that he's going to FaceTime her. Yeah. But you never see her. Yeah. Just it, which is to, again, just the whole thing was weird. And, and so it, 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 it's like they enjoyed the interactions between the, the main family and they just they they're like ah whatever we're just gonna do it who cares about the wife just doesn't (laughs) yeah exactly which is like weird does not make sense Mm -hmm. so um what did you think of the effects in the action here for the marvels i thought overall it was good um i've always felt like the effects um would be difficult and are a little clunky with the flirkin because it's just a weird thing to have to animate, I think in the first place, but um, yeah, it, it looks a little um, dated, I guess, in the way that those came out. I, I didn't love any of the scenes with uh, the flirkins actually having the tentacles come out um, and also just kind of, one or two scenes that were I think a little distasteful not that it was horrible but just gross like watching a cat with tentacles 
clean itself was disgusting. And I get the joke they're going for, but it just was too far for me. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I think the, the effects are kind of mediocre throughout the entire film for the most part. They're, they're not exciting or earth shattering. They don't look amazing, but they don't look terrible. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of there. And, you know, I think the best action sequences in the film are when the three uh, members of the team are fighting together against somebody. I thought all that stuff was really or fun. jumping back and forth between. Yeah, places. when they're when they're trading places with one another, I, I, all of that was really enjoyable. I, and, and, you know, like that's again, when you're doing this and you're tangling their powers and everything. And, and so they're having to learn to fight like this. I think I think all that stuff is is fun. Uh, and mm-hmm. they when they leaned into that, I thought it was great. Um, but on a whole, I mean, it's just kind of like a. Eh, it's there. It's happening. You know, there isn't anything overly exciting about the film in that way. Um, and I think that's the one of the things, too, is just the movie itself feels in many ways so rote. So, you know, just kind of par for the Marvel course, which is like not what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, after this many movies, you know, you need to start bringing people back in and really wowing people instead of just kind of giving them, you know, uh, mediocre Marvel fare. And because, and I think, you know, we can see it, uh, the, the box office in this movie was dismal for Marvel. It's the lowest box office for Marvel opener, opener ever. Mm-hmm. And that's beating the Eternals, uh, which, you know, yeah. Uh, this movie, spoiler alert, does not rank at the bottom like uh, Eternals does mm-hmm. for me. So, but you know, they, they're just they're not doing, I think, what they need to to really give people a reason with this movie to to want to go. Now, there is something about this film that I've been waiting a long time for with a Marvel film, and that's the music. I thought Laura. Cartman's music here for this was gorgeous, like really well done, um, beautifully symphonic score. Uh, listening to it, you know, there's there's a some nice Williams esque kind of tinge to it that I love. It's just a really great Marvel score, and I don't say that very often about Marvel movies, but I, you know, I thought it was great and it it kind of left me floored how much i enjoyed the music in the film um yeah i i did enjoy the music here too and i was surprised since i've not um been familiar with this composer that it was as good as it was and then also brought in you know some popular music as well with intergalactic by the beastie boys um although it's been that one's been plugged into other similar movies before it was good um but yeah, I, I was impressed by the music. I thought that it fits so well. I think that they paid special attention to it needing to be about the three main characters coming together and representing that um, heroic stature of Captain Marvel and the quote, you know, higher, further, faster was great. Yeah, it's interesting because like, uh, you know, she also did um, Miss Marvel and then she's done a bunch of other things that I've never I've never 
listened to or heard before or even really seen. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I just, I thought she did a really great job. And so very much enjoyed that. Um, but what did you think? Okay. So the, the movie ends, of course we have a stinger as all Marvel things do these days. Uh, and it turns out that Monica Rambo didn't die, but she, the universe that she is in, and has had to seal herself in is the universe of the X-Men we knew from the previous X-Men movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't think it was the super exciting stinger they were hoping it would be to motivate me at least to see other movies about the characters. Um, it felt a little almost braggy um that now x-men is part of this company and they can include them um but also beast was one of my favorite x-men characters so it was nice to kind of see him again um but yeah it, it doesn't give me the excitement and motivation to go see more marvel movies which it's supposed to if you're gonna have a stinger so i just kind of it fell flat for me. Yeah, I guess the, the the thing about this is I don't understand how this is going to actually work anyway. You know, I, you know, we know from all the other multiverse stuff, you know, we've seen with the multiverse of madness, you know, Charles Xavier. Uh, and so we're aware of this idea that these X-Men did are a part of the Marvel universe that we know. Um, in the sense that they are a part of another universe, uh, in this multiverse. And so, um, but, you know, I know that they also have the X-Men to be able to bring in, uh, you know, at some point. And so I don't really understand how introducing the X-Men like this makes sense you know why you would be using the old x-men when you would i would think that you would want the new version of x-men that you're going to use and so like you said it just kind of makes it more confusing than it does like oh this is amazing you know kind of thing and um i just don't really get the choice here you know i know one of the things about miss marvel the show where they mention that she's a mutant that she has mutant dna that's one of the things about her powers is that she's and why she can control the band uh the way that she can is because she's not just a part of you know this this other universe but she had she's got some mutated genes as well and so it's like I, but I just, again, I don't understand how this plays into all of that. And so, yes, it leaves me more confused than anything else. And like you, I don't find myself thinking, oh, I've got to go see. I can't wait to know what they're going to do with the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, so, well, yeah. And same thing, really too, strange. of if you don't know anything about the comics, um, and although I know some about Marvel Comics, this I had to even look up. You wouldn't know who the heck binary is. They just introduce a whole new character 
and the suit that she's wearing and it's you know in the original universe would be monica rambo's mother but now she's alive and she's the character of binary and she's wearing this strange suit we've never seen before i think that they're not giving enough information for the standard general audience that would not already be I mean, familiar i had no idea who she yeah. was other i had than, to google you it know. um she is apparently carol danvers duplicate um but yeah that's the extent of my knowledge so it just wasn't a a captivating stinger to make you want to go see more movies yeah nope well i guess that leads us to the big question of what will you rate the marvels (sighs) okay i want to give it credit where credit is due and like you and i both said the big strengths here are the core team um, of Kamala, Monica, and Carol. But also there's a lot of things here that needed to be deleted and then more time spent on your core characters instead. Um, so I'm left feeling a little deflated about most of the movie, even in spite of the enjoyable moments. So I think overall for me, this is a two and a half out of five binary suits because i just wanted it to be more and to get me excited to see future installments and see how all of the shows plus the movies will now be melded together and i think it also goes back to what you and i've said before of there doesn't seem to be one cohesive direction that this is all going like there was with endgame and infinity war Um, that everything was leading up to those. It feels like here you've got all these pieces that don't seem to be leading anywhere. And also, not everybody is going to go and watch a series in preparation for a movie. And so they may not even know who Miss Marvel is or Monica Rambeau. And now they're seeing the Marvels and going, who are these people? So I, I think that they did themselves a disservice by not giving more explanation in the films about all of your characters to make people care. And that's it. Yeah, I, I mean, everything you said there, I think, is just so on target. Um, y- you are definitely taking this higher, faster, further than the movie <laughs> did, for sure. Um, I mean, this movie is slower sillier and goofier than it needs to be um and i think just everything about it is um kind of mediocre is the word that comes to mind you know and it's kind of sad to me that uh, marvel has done such a disservice to its female characters when they have a lead in a movie i mean captain marvel not a great film uh you know you got black widow not a great film Mm -hmm. Uh, and this, not a great film. And it seems like they're just unable. And, and it's not as though it's just the, the, the female characters. Because, of course, so much of what they've been doing over Phase 4 and now into Phase 5 has just been kind of like mediocre stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I'm right there with you. I'd, I'd give this two and a half out of five flurkin. Um, you know, it's just not great. Um, and And... The sad part is, is that the three leads together were so charming that the rest of the movie 
could have been great if they had found a way to really lean in and and focus with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but because so much of the movie isn't that, uh, yeah, I'm left with like half a an enjoyable movie. Now, I will say, though, it's not like I hated watching this movie. Sure. You know, uh, and it's not even a, it's like, you know, kind of bottom third of my Marvel. But I mean, I would I'd rewatch this some point on Disney Plus, you know, like it's it's not like I'm, I would hate rewatching it because there were enjoyable things about mm-hmm. it. Uh, and so but I just it, it's just missing the mark. And, and that's that's too bad. So, well, Chrissy, if people wanted to catch up with you and of course, you know, see what else that you got going on, where would they find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Bespin Bell. And you can catch up with me in the Babel Conference on Facebook. And then if you want to listen to a finished podcast I have with my friends Amanda and Teresa called Sabres and Spells, you can do that on the Skywalking Through Neverland Network Skynet. And what about you? Well, of course, uh, you can find me all over social media under the name Matt Rushing 2 uh, Outside the 602 Club here on the network, you'll find me with a bunch of other shows, Literary Treks, The Orb, Warp 5, Artificial Tango, and Saddle Up. And then on the Nerd Party Network, you'll find me with two shows. One is completed called Owl Post with Drea Kaufman talking about every single chapter of Harry Potter and Aggressive Negotiations with John Mills as we talk about Star Wars each and every week. But thank you so much for joining us. And y'all come back now you hear. <laughs> <laughs>